Hey, good morning. Thank you. Thank you, uh, NCU. You can, uh, you can be seated. Uh, hey, my name is Grant, and uh, I, I play video games for a living. And uh, it, so I'm going to share a little bit of my story today uh, with you. And, uh, but, but before we start, and, uh, I, I'm just, and we're going to practice this at the end of my message today. I, I hope you came ready today, because the Holy Spirit is going to do something really powerful today. And uh, I, I just, I was talking to Josh uh, in the green room, and it was so cool just to I was asking him, I said, what, what, what are you sensing? What's going on at NCU right now? And uh, it was just so cool. You, you have those moments sometimes where you start talking. And I was sharing some of what God had put on my heart without knowing anything that was going on here. But one of the things I think is really important um, to, to see the Holy Spirit break out and to see the power of God break out is obedience. And uh, obedience is, I learned this from my pastor, Pastor Dustin Bates. Uh, I'm from Church 1132 in Dallas. And, um, and my pastor uh, is an amazing man, a man of faith, and, and he's just taught me that, that the most important thing when you're, when you're in an atmosphere of faith to see the power of God break out uh, as the communicator that's important for me and that it's important for you uh, as those who are trying to receive from the power of God is obedience, obedience. And so there's a weird thing to do at the beginning of a message because I've got like a bunch of jokes that I'm about to tell you and I usually like to open with humor and, and have it fun. But um, I, just, I just felt like, I, I, don't know, I don't know who you are, I don't know your name or anything like that, but uh, I, I just had a word for you during worship and I was just, just, just worshiping. And um, I, I just, I, when I worship, I just, I'm always asking the Holy Spirit, man, just is there anybody that, that you're trying to touch? And uh, this is a weird thing to do up front, like I said in the message, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, don't save it for the end. Don't use it to try to create atmosphere, anything like that. Just, just be obedient. And, uh, and so I was watching you worship, and uh, not in a creepy way, sorry if that creeps you out, but I was just, you know, I, was, I, li- I like to, I worship the Lord, and I, and I like to watch the room and just see what God's doing in the room. And, um, and, and it was like, it was like the whole worship set I felt like you were, you were doing your best to try to like flip the switch and engage and try to engage with the Lord. And, and it was like, it was like there was this inner tension going on and you were wrestling just like, man, like, like, like I, like I, I want to send it. And I, and I was seeing you try to be faithful and, and raising hands and, and, but, but I just, I heard this really specifically from the Holy Spirit that there's a pain point, um, just like a specific pain point in your life and your past that is a huge barrier between you and, and, and really walking in the fullness of intimacy with Jesus. And um, I think my pastor's taught me that, that when we prophesy, when we give words, I don't always hear perfectly. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But I know God wants to speak to you. But I, I saw pain and then really I was just praying into that. And I really felt the Holy Spirit specifically highlight pain in your family. And um, you're nodding. Is that, is there, is, is there, okay. So I just really helped, felt the Holy Spirit say that there's a specific family relationship, something that happened in your family, just a pain point. And that the gap between you and the intimacy that you want to have with God and the intimacy that God wants to have with you is going to come specifically through the healing of that pain. And, and I just wanted to pray up front for that. Can I pray for you? Could you let me know your name? Christopher, uh, NC, would you pray with me for Christopher? Just, just, just on the front end. Father God, thank you for Christopher. Thank you for Christopher, Jesus. Thank you for his obedience to you this morning, God. I was so moved by his heart in worship, God. So moved by someone who was doing his best, God, to try to engage with you, Lord. Even in a season where it's difficult, even in a season where, 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 where there's a pain point going on in his life that's been holding him back. Thank you for that he had the faith, God, to be here this morning. Thank you that he had the faith to try to raise a hand, to try to sing a new song, God. 
And Lord, I just pray right now over Christopher's life that this pain point would be healed today in Jesus' name, Lord. God, that there would not be any further bondage, Jesus, that there would not be any, like, 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 God, I'm just sensing that there's people that walk around for decades with an unhealed pain point like he's facing in his family, God, but that today in Jesus' name, by the power of your blood and your healing and your Holy Spirit, you're going to touch Christopher's life, you're going to set him free, you're going to bless him to go into a new higher level of intimacy, higher level relationship, higher level of faith than he's ever had in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Can we put our hands together, celebrate Christopher and uh, just what God's doing in the room. And so really, listen, listen, I, I didn't have that in my notes. And, uh, but, but, but I, I want to encourage you and see you when, when I'm just telling you, when, if you want to see, I was talking to Josh about, you want to see a move of the Holy Spirit begin to break out in your campus and you start being obedient to God. You start being obedient to the Lord. And usually obedience, it, it always feels risky and uncomfortable. Like I was telling the Holy Spirit, it don't make any sense to prophesy at the beginning of this message. I got like three different jokes that I'm really excited to tell that I worked up on the way over here. And, and if I prophesy to start the message and we're not even gonna have music behind, and can I even prophesy if the keys aren't playing, Lord? Like, like, but I'm just telling you, sometimes the Lord says, be obedient. And if you all as a student body here will begin to practice just obedience and listening to the voice of God and doing what he's telling you to do, even when it feels weird and uncomfortable, see the power of God break out. All right, let me get into the message uh, because I am excited to bring this to you. Like I said, my name is Grant. Uh, I go by Preacher Guy on the internet. Uh, I, I stream video games and play video games for a living now. And uh, I do it talking about Jesus, and it's been a, just a remarkable journey over this last year. I was a pastor for 12 years before I started doing this, and if you don't play video games, um, video games are not like a super Christian atmosphere. Like, like when I have my headset on and I'm playing video games, people are not encouraging me in the spirit. <laughs> it's not, it's not, like, like I, I just, I recently started playing Call of Duty, and I, I'm not a Call of Duty player. I haven't played Call of Duty since high school. Like, I'm learning, like, new curse words in Call of Duty. There are, there, there are new combinations of curse words and racial slurs that I did not know could, like, come together, and, it, 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 and it's, it's just every night, and then there's Preacher Guy, and, uh, and, and, and I just started walking with the Lord in this, trying to be obedient. I started doing it for fun, and, uh, and then God touched it. It started to grow, and then in March, I took the biggest faith step of my life, and I met my pastor, and I said, Pastor, um, I feel like I, I love pastoring here, but I feel like God's calling me to go full-time as a digital missionary and, uh, and just to share my faith uh, on Twitch and YouTube and TikTok and playing video games, and a pastor blessed me and sent me out and supported me. So that's like the really short version of my story, but I want to get into the Bible and, uh, and I want to I actually really talk to you about your story this morning as I talk about, uh, about, uh, uh, about the story of a man named Abraham in the Bible. And I'm feeling pretty confident right now because Tion picked me up from the airport. Shout out Tion if you don't know him. Where'd he go? He was somewhere up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, hey, take me to a gas station because I need to get an energy drink because I got on the plate at 530 this morning. So I said, I need an energy drink. And he took me to, what is it? The, the munch? The what? The Pump and Munch. We went to the Pump and Munch. It was like a local spot on the south side. And I thought we were going to go to like 7-Eleven or, you know, like Quick Trip. But we went to the Pump and Munch on the south side. And so I was in there and I was getting my energy drink. And as I was walking out, one of the most dripped out brothers that I have ever seen was coming out of the court with me. And he just looked at me. And I guess the Lord knew that I needed this today. He looked at me and he said, you got some young boy swag on today. And I thought, hallelujah, Lord, thank you. I receive it. I receive it because I was real tired in that moment. And I got dressed in the dark this morning, to be honest. I just kind of grabbed some stuff. So I'm on my young boy swag. I'm on my, I'm on my giving words swag today. And I'm just saying, the Holy Spirit's going to do something really special. All right, y'all ready? Y'all ready? Hey, hey, look to your neighbor say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready. All, right, all right, all right, all right. Genesis chapter 15, we're going to read from Abraham's story. I want to teach you, uh, I want to just teach you specifically, uh, the title of my message today is Never Settle. 
Never settle. And I, I'm a weird preacher because I don't like to preach the highlights. I like to preach the lowlights. Like, I'm not really drawn to the moments of victory in Bible character stories. Like, I'm really drawn to when they screwed up because I screw up a lot. All right. So, like, like, the parts of the Bible that I like to read are like when, like when, when somebody in the Bible makes a devastating mistake and like really sins against the Lord. And it, it, I, like, I'm always drawn to that. I'm like, teach me from that, Lord, because, because I've been there. Um, and, and I know I'm probably going to be there again as I follow you. What can I learn from that? So we're going to be in a part of Abraham's story that I, I've actually never heard preached in church. Uh, I've heard it like referenced, but I've never heard a pre- So I'm going to take it on because I like to preach the parts of the Bible. Genesis chapter 15, okay? It's been 10 years since God first spoke to Abraham. So God had spoken to Abraham and he'd said, hey, go, leave everything you know. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you all these things. So 10 years later, God shows back up. And it says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. Watch this. God is speaking to Abram, right? Abram said, sovereign Lord. I like how he was formal on the front end because he's about to get real with it. He goes, sovereign Lord, what can you even give me? Because I'm still childless. And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, you have not given me any children. And a servant in my household is going to be my heir. Woo! See, this was written thousands of years ago, so you may not have realized how real it got, okay? But God, here's what happened. God, 10 years ago, spoke to Abraham, and he said, leave everything you know, but not for no reason. Leave everything you know, because I'm going to bless you. You ever gotten a word from God? You ever had a vision from God, a dream from God, where where you just know so clearly that God called you to do something? So Abraham got that. The the God of the universe spoke to him and blessed him. If you give everything up and go, I'm going to bless you. Well, now it's been a decade, and God shows back up to remind him he's still going to do it. And I love what Abraham says. Abraham says, first he says very religiously, just like we do sometimes, right? Isn't it funny how, like, when you really need to get down with God, you still feel like this weird compulsion to start formal, like, Heavenly Father. (laughs) What the frick is happening right now? (laughs) God, I love you so much. Come on, no, like really? That's like Abraham. I mean, he says, he says, sovereign Lord, what can you even give me? And and, and watch this, watch this. In Genesis chapter 12, I want you to see how real this is for him. Because in Genesis chapter 12, when God first gave him the word, look at this. In Genesis chapter 12, when God first gave him the word, okay, it said this. Genesis chapter 12 is when he first gave the word. Uh, It it said, Abram traveled through the land. The Lord appeared to Abram, look. And, And the Lord said to your offspring, I will give this land. Say that with me, say give give. To your offspring, I will give this land. So when God spoke to Abraham, he used very specific language. He said, I'm going to give you something. And then 10 years later, when Abraham spoke back to God, Abraham used very specific language. And he said, God, what can you give me? You rocking with that? Abraham is spitting in the face might be a little strong, but it's like Abraham has taken the Lord's own words and he's throwing them back at him. And saying, I never forgot what you told me. You told me you were going to give me land. You told me you were going to give me a people and a future. But what can you even give me, God? Because I don't have kids. And my servant is going to inherit my house. I wonder if you've ever had a moment like this with God where there's a gap. You know, when better preachers than me preach it, they call it the gap between the anointing and the appointing. Because David was anointed when he was a child, and, and it wasn't until years later he was appointed to be king. And Abraham was anointed uh, at 75 years old, and it wasn't until he was 100 years old that he was appointed to be the father of Isaac. So, so when you go on a faith journey with God, there's these gaps. And you got to figure out what to do in the middle. I want to show you what Abraham did, because we can learn from his mistakes. Because what I'm always tempted to do in a gap, I've just learned this, that there's no, there's no better time for the devil to tempt me to compromise 
than when I'm waiting on God. It's when I'm waiting is when I'm usually most compromised to settle. It's when I'm waiting that I'm usually most compromised to start to deal a little bit and go, okay, I'm going to hold on to this part of my faith and this part of my righteousness, but honestly, I just need to feel good right now. And so I'm just going to give myself permission to, to do this and to, and to, and to go here and, to, and just, 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 just to feel good right now because I'm, I'm struggling and I'm lost. And, and I want you to see how Abraham handled it because he handled it in a similar way to many of us handle it, okay? This is Genesis chapter 15. Look what had happened. Um, Sarah... Abraham's wife had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Maybe I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarah had said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived when she knew she was pregnant. She began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my slave in your arms. Now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. A lot of Bible to summarize here, but long story short, Abram makes a decision that was not from God, and it's a decision that, that, that will, he'll have to carry the weight of it with him the rest of his life. It deeply divides his family. It deeply affects the health of his marriage. And uh, man, this is just a, I don't know if I'm just not saved enough yet, but sometimes I just read the Bible and I just, I can't help but like pay attention to like what it doesn't say sometimes. Like, like this part of the Bible is really interesting to me that, that Abraham's wife comes to him and is like, hey, I need you to sleep with our slave. And brother Abraham puts up no resistance. Like, like I'm just saying, like, I've done some family counseling. All right, I've done some marital counseling. Like, this is, this is something that, like, like, Brother Abraham didn't even hit Sarai with Sarai. I don't, I'm, I, I could never, I could, Abraham's like, bet. <laughs> Bet. Say less. All right. I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, there, there's no. There, you know what Abraham doesn't do here. All right. I'm getting you laughing a little bit because I, I want to make a really important point. You know what Abraham doesn't do here. At no point is it recorded that Abraham takes a moment to pray about this decision. How do you think that one would have went? For you know why he didn't pray about it because he knew how that one was going to go. Sovereign Lord, should I sleep with my slave? He knew how that one was going to go, and so that's why he didn't take a moment to pray. And you know you do it too. You ever have those moments with God where you're about to go do something? And you know, like, if I pray, I won't do this. And you're like, that's why I'm not going to pray right now. I'm going to pray after the fact. Because <laughs> if I pray right now. C.S. Lewis had a famous quote about purity. He said, Lord, make me pure later. It's like he talked about being a young man and being in this, in this, in this journey and this travel and, and wrestling with this. Later, Abraham didn't pray. And so I just, I want you to write this down if you're a note taker. I was just, I was praying into this. Like, what can we learn from this when we're in these seasons of waiting? How can we not compromise ourselves in the way that Abraham compromised himself? And I just want you to write this down, that, um, that, that the voices that you listen to, the voices that you listen to in your wait will determine what you do. Like the voices that you listen to matter deeply. Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah Sometimes, usually good to listen to your wife. I'm married, so just that's free for you for later. She's usually right. But in this case, she wasn't. She was as frustrated as Abraham was, and Abraham listened to Sarah's voice. Abraham didn't seek the Lord's voice, and Abraham made a mistake that he'd have to carry with him for the rest of his life that would divide his family and do great harm to his eventual legacy. Whose voice are you listening to? You know, I feel for your generation. 
uh, because it, 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 you've just never had more noise to sift through when it comes to faith and culture and your life. You never have more noise to sift through. Like, thank God, I, I got into social media. I think I made a Facebook when I was a senior in high school. And Facebook wasn't even like, like I mean, Facebook is, I know, I, like I sound so old talking about Facebook. I shouldn't have even admitted that I have a Facebook, but, but like, that was my first social media. And I just thank God that I didn't have access to Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all these other things. If I'd had access to that when I, was, when I was in middle school, high school, even like college, my early 20s, I can't imagine like how much more compromised I would have become because I just would have ended up listening to a lot of the wrong voices. Like when you're going through it, TikTok theologians are not going to help you get out of it. I'm just, like when you're going through it, People who didn't have the courage to keep going and people who got hurt along the way and aren't telling you the story of their pain, but are instead masking all of that by trying to talk deep and use big theological words and calling it deconstruction and, and all these different things. Like when you're going through it, listening to those voices is not going to help you get to the other side of where you're trying to get. And it's just, it's never been noisier. It's never been harder to just kind of tune all of it out and listen. When I started uh, doing this thing, trying to play video games as a Christian, people had a lot of opinions about it. I'm kind of like the, there's a bunch of Christian streamers now. And for whatever reason, I'm like the bad boy of the Christian streaming community. And uh, I kind of, I enjoy it, you know, like I, and it's, 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 it's intense. I don't actually enjoy it. It hurts my feelings a lot, but, but, but I, I say I enjoy it. You know, it's like, I don't want to cry in front of you. So I'm just going to act tough, but it, it's, it's actually, it's really painful sometimes when like my brothers who I'm like, y'all know, we believe the same thing are like on Twitter, calling me a false prophet and, and calling me dangerous and calling me a heretic. And, and this happened a lot when I was coming up because I just made a decision early on in my ministry that I said, I will always choose to risk offending the religious in order to make people far from God feel home and feel comfortable. Yeah. I was just like, if I got to, I, I, I don't want to have to choose, but if I have to choose, I'll always risk offending the people that already know God to try to get some people out of hell <laughs> and try to get some people onto team Jesus. I'm, I'm always gonna make that choice. And so I just made this commitment to just, uh, to just do that. And uh, man, I, Christian, I know Christians could be opinionated sometimes. I remember one time this pastor, I never heard of this guy. He didn't even watch my stream. Like, you know, he didn't watch my stream. I never, this, this pastor, would you believe, he, he, sent me, he, sent me, uh, uh, he sent me a DM and he said, hey, uh, I've been reviewing some of your content. I'm like, okay. And he said, I have some concerns. And not only do I have some concerns, I've convened a council of other pastors and we, we all have some concerns. I'm like, what is, what is happening right now? This brother sent me a 1,000-word Google document. A 1,000 words with links and quotes and different citations and moments where he said that was not glorifying to God. So you know what I did? I left bro on red. I'm just telling you, like, like listening to the Lord is what's going to lead you on a faith journey. Listening to people around you who are listening to the Lord. The last voice I need to let into my life when I'm trying to listen to the Lord is an internet stranger, is somebody who doesn't have authority over me, somebody who don't care about. I got checked on this brother yesterday because I was going to tell you this story. He don't even care about video games anymore. He hasn't tweeted about video games in like eight to 12 months. Like, like imagine if I had let him take me out of the calling that God had for my life. 
Like imagine if I had read that and I had allowed him to make me settle and make me compromise, which in my case, compromise would have been stop being funny, stop entertaining the lost and start playing to the Christians and start playing to the people that already know God. But sometimes you just got to cut through all the voices and you got to lock in with God. And you got to say, God, I'm waiting. God, I don't see it yet. God, I'm feeling tempted on every side to compromise and bail on this. But I want to hear from you. I want to read you one last scripture, and then I believe the Holy Spirit is going to do something really, really powerful in chapel today. We're going to respond to God together in just a moment. But I got into this gaming thing, and, uh, and, and, and the Lord started to bless it. And the only reason it's happened is because I've had to fight for this faith constantly that I'm not going to settle for less than God has for me in this space. And then if God's told me, Grant, I've called you to be a great entertainer. I've called you to be someone like no one else has ever done and to, and to go to the very top of Twitch and YouTube and TikTok, making people laugh while also telling them about me boldly, shamelessly. Well, well I mean, if you go on my TikTok, you watch some videos, I'll, I'll, be playing, I'll be playing video games real competitively and somebody will come into chat who I just, the Holy Spirit says, just like you said this morning about Christopher, the Holy Spirit says, be obedient right now, they need to know the Lord. And I will stop everything I'm doing in the game. I'll pray for them. And what's crazy is when I do this, like the world pays attention. I got TikToks praying for people to get free and get healed from drug and alcohol abuse. Where, where I got in, in the comment section, I got people saying, hey, I'm a Satanist. I can't uh, see. It's just we're religious. So I'm going to be careful. But like, like they don't know God yet. So the way they say it, my favorite quotes, I get these comments all the time on my TikTok. People will say I'm atheist, but I, I F with this guy. That's how they say it. I, like, I'm atheist, but I F with this guy. I'm atheist, but I like this guy, like this guy's energy. I'm Satanist, but this guy's energy. Because when you walk in obedience and when you walk in faithfulness and when you refuse to settle and when you refuse to compromise, the power of God is going to touch your life in a supernatural way. But the devil's always working against that. I want you to see how he got to Abraham. Finish this story out with me. Now we're in Genesis 17. So we started in Genesis 15. We went backward to Genesis 12. It's now been 25 years since, since, since God first gave Abraham the promise. 25 years. That's a long time. Y'all haven't been alive 25 years. <laughs> Abraham had to wait 25 years. It's been 25 years. So God shows up to Abraham. And it says, this, it says God said to Abraham, it's 25 years later, okay? Y'all with me? He said, as for Sarai, your wife, you're no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I'm gonna bless her, Abraham. And I will surely give you a son by her. I'm gonna bless her. She'll be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Watch how Abraham responded. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and he said to himself, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? He's saying this to himself. This is his mental monologue. Watch what he says to God. God says, Abraham, I haven't forgotten the promise that I gave you. Isaac is still coming. Sarah is still gonna have joy that she's always wanted to be in a mother. You're still gonna have the joy that you've always wanted of being a father with Sarah. It's all still coming to you. Watch how Abraham responds. Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Walk with me here for a moment. Ishmael was the child that Abraham had had with Hagar, the slave. Ishmael was not the child of the promise. Ishmael was the child of the compromise. And Abraham, it's okay if I sit. There's some times where I just, I just, I feel like, I don't want to like, I, just, I need to sit for a second with this guy. I want, I want to make sure, I want to make sure that you, that you can walk in this with me. Because I know, I know, I know, I know that, that there's, that there's a lot of you in this room that God gave you a word. 
that God told you you're going to be healed. That God told you they're going to get saved. That God told you, I'm going to use your gift. And you're still waiting. Abraham, in this moment of his life, he's so crushed. And the band can go ahead and come back out now, too. Abraham is so crushed at this moment of his life that when the God of the universe shows back up to have a conversation with him, it says, Abraham, it's all still coming. I'm, st- I'm, I'm about, like, like, you realize, th- this is the year that he's going to give, this is the year she's going to give birth. It's finally happening. And in this moment, Abraham is so beat down, broken down, crushed by the weight of the weight that he says, don't worry about all that, God. Just, just bless Ishmael. You feel the pain on that? He settled. He's settled. <laughs> God always had Isaac for him, but in this moment of his life, Abraham had been so crushed that he said, God, I just stop talking about, stop reminding me of what I thought you were gonna do. I stop, stop it. I don't wanna hear that anymore, God. I, I already moved on from that. I already gave up on that. I tried to hold on, but but God, if you are still there, I've still got this thing. Just bless Ishmael. I felt like the Lord sent me on assignment today to North Central University. And I just felt like he sent me on assignment. And you got to really feel like you're on assignment when you come to Minneapolis in February. Man, I live in Dallas, bro. I didn't have to be here today, all right? Got up at four. Flew to Minneapolis in February because the Lord sent me on assignment. Would you stand to your feet for this and see you? The Lord sent me on assignment to speak to every Ishmael. And the Lord sent me on assignment to speak to every person, to every student who has settled for less than what God has for you. To speak to every person in this room right now. I was talking to Josh. We were just talking about revival. I got saved. I've been following what's going on at Asbury closely because I I got saved during a a revival at the Christian college that I went to. It's 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 how I met God. So I take this stuff really seriously when revival starts to break out and when the Holy Spirit starts to move in a Christian university, I get real, get real serious because I know that that's where I found the Lord. And I was telling Josh, I said, you know, the thing about revival that we don't talk about enough is that revival Revival like doesn't really start with great worship music. Revival starts with great brokenness. And revival, like my revival started <laughs> and the revival that I was a part of started when for the first time in my life, I came to God with how compromised I was. And for the first time in my life, I had the faith to actually own up before God. God, I've settled. God, I, I've got a lot of stuff in my life that I know isn't from you that I'm tolerating. And so I just want to do this as we close. Sometimes there's invitations that you give. We're going to open the altar in a second. Sometimes there's invitations that you give, and they always require faith, but sometimes they're, they're like fun ones, and it's like, come forward to the altar if you want to see the power of God break out in your life and you need to believe for faith. That's, like, that's, that's always fun to preach, and, and that's a real word from God. And it's just not the word he gave me today. But the Holy Spirit challenged me and said, Grant, 
I want you to ask the students at North Central University as they respond at the end of your message. I want you to, I want you to preach to the boldest ones in the room who will be willing to come forward, not in a moment of hype and praise, but in a moment of great brokenness to confess and repent before the Lord of where they've settled for Ishmael. And we're going to do that in a moment. I'm going to pray for you. The band's going to play. Uh, I'm going to be here to pray for you. I know Josh and others are going to make themselves available to pray. And I believe we're going to have a full altar of people. And, and I'm telling you, I, I just promise you, listen, I, I, I'm not a hype preacher. I'm, I'm not about like, I'm not, I, I hate, I'm in these atmospheres sometimes where atmospheres get manipulated. I'm just going to tell you the truth. If you want to see revival in our nation, it starts with the brokenness of the people of God before their own sin and their own compromise. It doesn't start with hype. It starts with flat on your face. God, I, 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 I have failed you. God, I need you. God, I have settled. And so to give you the faith to maybe head into that moment, I just want to read you how God reacted because I think we forget this sometimes. Would you receive this with me? See, Abraham said to God, he said, God, just bless Ishmael. Just bless Ishmael. Just bless Ishmael. Look what God said back. How do you think I would respond to that? I think so many of us are trained to think that if we're honest with God, he's going to be angry with us. We're trying, it's like, it's like, I grew up, I brought a lot of shame to my mom growing up and she let me know. And so I'm still like trained to think that, that when I've shamed God, that he's going to shame me back. He's, he's going to become angry at me. He's going to, he's going to be, he's bitter with me. He, he, but, but watch how God responded. Abraham has completely blown it. He's had a child he wasn't supposed to have. And then, and then he said, God, I don't even want your promise anymore. Just bless Ishmael. Look what God said. Then God said, this verse 19, Genesis 17, 19. Then God said, yes, but Sarah's still going to give you a son. You're still going to call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I'm going to give you that too. Woo! I see you. Do you believe this? Do you believe that you serve a God who, when you bring him your sin, says, I know. I know. But guess what? My promise on your life was never based on your performance for me. And all I've been waiting for was for you to have a moment where you would finally be honest. And where you would finally come before me with your brokenness because the promise of God is yes in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for every student in this room right now. And I just pray. And as I pray right now, I'm just going to invite you right now as the presence of God is touching your life right now, any area of compromise, any area of settling right now, I just want to invite you to come forward as we respond to God. God, I pray for every student in the room right now, God. Lord, I pray for a generation of bold students, Jesus. God, I pray for boldness. God, it may start with one, two, three, and turn into an army, Jesus. God, I pray for students who would be willing to pray specific prayers today, God, Repenting, calling on your name, asking for forgiveness, Jesus. Lord, I pray for every student in this room who has settled. God, I pray for every student in this room who has called Ishmael blessed when you've said, I've got Isaac for you. God, right now, I pray that your power would fall. I pray that your presence would fall. I pray that healing would break out in this place. Freedom would break out in this place. In the name of Jesus, we worship you together. Amen, amen, amen. Let's glorify God together. Let's pray together.